Welcome to History Class After Hours. I'm Joseph Barra, and joining me once again is Jimmy. Hello again. Today we are finishing up our little uh, expose on George S. Patton. We good on the S? Good on the uh, S. Not the Armstrong. Some constant debate here. Uh, last week when we were talking about Patton, uh, really looked at what he accomplished in the early stages of World War II through North Africa, Sicily, and then after D-Day. And as we've seen, he is a great military strategist, but his people skills, not so much. Having some issues on the old uh, public re relations tour of World War II. Slapped a couple of guys. Didn't get assigned to jobs. But what else did he do? Uh, Publicly attacked the Soviets. Uh, he did shoot allies. A, couple, was it a couple of mules. Shot a couple of mules and then slapped the owner with the stick. Yeah, so his people skills are... Less than to be desired. Um, but what Patton is probably his best moment as a military man comes during the Battle of the Bulge. So prior to the Battle of the Bulge, the Allies had pushed through Paris and were making up lots and lots of ground and heading towards Germany. Uh, most people in the European theater expected the war to be over by Christmas of '44. Well, Hitler is going to have other plans. On December of 44, the Germans are going to launch a final offensive, hoping to drive the Allies back to the sea. Um, at this point, Hitler knew the war was unwinnable. He was hoping to prolong it as long as possible so he could get some type of peace agreement made where the U.S., English, and French would drop out of the war and he'd be able to turn all his attention to the Soviets. That was his game plan. So 250,000 Germans would attack a weak point in the Allied lines. This would become known as the Battle of the Bulge because there was a massive bulge in the Allied lines, forming what was called a salient. And the Nazis are going to go right through a forest that nobody thought they could go through. It would huh. be the third time they did that. The old Ardan Forest. Yeah, yikes. Did it in World War One. did it beginning of World War Two, and they did it again. Um, at this time, Patton's Third Army was engaged in heavy fighting near the German border. Uh, Patton had already made contingency plans on how to disengage. His Patton had already made contingency plans on how to disengage his army to move them to combat the German offensive. This was before he was even asked to do so. After a Supreme Command conference, Eisenhower asked Patton how long would it take him to disengage and head towards Bastogne. Bastogne is going to be the town in Belgium where the um, 101st, 82nd Airborne was pretty much surrounded by the Germans. Um, they were barely holding on. Patton's going to respond as soon as you're through with me. Patton would clarify. He already had plans drawn up and his men could be on their way within 48 hours. Eisenhower doubted Patton and said if he left that early, his army would arrive to Bastogne not in full force. Patton had to explain to Eisenhower that he had the contingency plan ready to go all he had to do was tell his officers, move. Play, play ball. Play ball. Um, that is what he's going to say. That was his code word, play ball. Um, still reluctant, Eisenhower told him to go ahead with the attack on December 22nd. On December 21st, Bradley and Patton would meet to review Patton's advance. Patton would say, Brad, this time the Germans stuck their head in the meat grinder, and I've got a hold of the handle. 
he made it sound like he had the Germans exactly where he wanted them. Uh, one of the big issues with um, the Battle of the Bulge is the weather. Um, it was very foggy, very cold, a lot of snow, all that stuff. Um, so one reason why the German attack was so successful at first was because we couldn't fly our airplanes because they were all grounded because of the weather. Is so the Luftwaffe destroyed at this point? Luftwaffe, yeah. They're, they're just about done. Um, prior to D-Day, we had pretty much destroyed them as a fighting force. Um, so, yeah, the U.S., U.K. have pretty much air superiority over the battlefield, except when weather doesn't permit it. Um, so desiring good weather for his advance, Patton ordered Army Chaplain Colonel James Hugh O'Neill to write a prayer for good weather. When the weather broke soon after that, Patton awarded him a bronze star. Once again, he loves giving out medals. On December 26, 1944, uh, the first spearhead units of the 3rd Army's 4th Armored Division reached Bastogne, opening a corridor for relief and resupply of the besieged forces. Patton's ability disengaged six divisions from the front line combat during the middle of winter, then wheel north to relieve Bastogne was one of the most remarkable achievements during the war. He would later write, the relief of Bastogne was the most brilliant operation we have thus far performed, and this is my opinion, the outstanding achievement of the war. This is my biggest battle. So he comes into Bastogne and pretty much goes to the 101st and 82nd Airborne. He's like, I have rescued you. And that is open to debate because the guys of the 101st and 82nd say we didn't need rescuing. We had this all under control. Um, I think on this one, I'm actually going to side with Patton. Yeah, that was pretty bad. They were, they were out of food. Most of them didn't have proper winter gear because they were just thrown in the battle without preparing. They were out of ammunition. It was, it was pretty grim. So by February, the Germans were in full retreat, and Patton was on the move. Once again, Patton found himself running out of fuel. Remember, earlier in the war, he had been advancing very, very quickly, and all his fuel went to, remember? Montgomery. Bernard Montgomery as part of Operation Market Garden. Uh, he had the 3rd Army Ordnance Units actually dress as personnel from the 1st Army to steal their fuel. So he gets them. Uh, there was a purpose to him being slowed down. He had his sights on Berlin. However, the Allies had agreed to allow the Soviets to take Berlin, and they didn't want to anger the Soviets. Um, so Stalin, Churchill, and um, Roosevelt, they have a meeting. They agree how the war is going to end and what they're going to do after the war. They were also scared that Patton was going to keep going. Yes, that is also true, because he did not have a fondness for the Soviets, and there he, yeah. Let a lot of people know that. Yeah, he did. He's like, Next. Including the press. Yes. And his people in the army. Uh, from January 29th to March 22nd, the 3rd Army would take a good part of southwestern Germany. In doing so, the German 1st and 7th Armies were basically wiped out. Patton, as always, was snarky. When he received orders to bypass Trier, as it had uh, been decided that four divisions would be needed to take the city, Patton responded, have taken Trier with two divisions. Do you want me to give it back? Uh, if you've never been to Trier, kind of cool city. It was the Roman capital of the Germanic regions. Huh. He probably uh, said that he fought there too. I think he actually did. <laughs> um, yeah, so Patton believed in reincarnation. 
And all throughout World War II, he was he would keep on telling people like, "I have fought here before with the legions of Caesar or uh, with Napoleon. I have been with Napoleon on this battlefield, and this is giving me a significant advantage." People don't know if he was being like real, like if he really believed in it, or if it was just part of a shtick. It's hard to know. I guess we'll never know. We'll never know. On March 22nd, and the Third Army would cross the Rhine, which was considered to be the mass, last major defensive hurdle into going into Berlin from the uh, west. Patton later boasted that he urinated into the river as he crossed. Quite a thing to boast about, I guess. From uh, January 29th to March 22nd, they killed 99,000 Germans and captured 140,000. So that's, uh, he, was, he was moving, man. He is moving, Yes. Uh, his, he is going to get in some trouble, though. He's going to send 314 men, 16 tanks, 50 miles behind lines to liberate a POW camp. Um, he's a little extra, there's a little extra motivation for him to do so because his son-in-law was one of the inmates. And it goes horribly wrong. Uh, the mission was a complete failure. Only 35 men made it back. Eisenhower was furious. Patton responded by saying he should have sent more men. Obviously. Uh, by April, most Germans' resistance was waning. In the West, Third Army's main duty was now just managing the mobs of POWs, of people that are just surrendering. Um, so what's actually going on at this point, a lot of Germans on the Eastern Front are actually going to the Western Front and trying. They know the war is over, and they realize that the U.S., U.K., and French will probably treat them better than the Soviets. So just in mass, they're all trying to get to the Western Front to surrender to us instead of the Soviets. Yeah, I would do the same thing. Because, uh, yeah, because... Um, you, you can have a date with Siberia. That's actually true. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but like the concentration camps of the Holocaust, the Soviets just repurposed them for the Germans after the war. Were they extermination camps? They were not extermination. They were re-education camps. Oh, boy. But, like, they were open until, like, the mid-50s. Yeah. I never knew that until I was in Germany one time. Um, Patton is going to be promoted general on April 14th. Uh, Third Army was in Bavaria when the war ended. Under Patton's Third Army, uh, had been in combat for 281 days. They've captured over 33,000 miles of land, 12,000 towns, suffered around 10,000 killed, wounded, or captured, but inflicted close to 1.5 million casualties on the Germans. Most of those are going to be those surrendering towards the end. Patton, though, would still be upset about the Soviets getting Berlin. He didn't trust them and felt like they would be fighting them soon in another war. There's actually this weird moment where the Soviets and Patton's army, they meet at like a river. It's supposed to be like, hey, the two forces finally met up, joined up, and they have this awkward like toast and drink and meanwhile Patton's oh, yeah. just like murmuring like i hate these guys and then uh <laughs> he he cusses the soviet general out and then he cusses him out back apparently and then he drinks to it yes he is he drinks to them hating each other that's uh good for foreign relations very good especially when the war's still going on yeah so after the defeat of germany Patton would beg marshall for command in the pacific theater of operations Marshall told him only if a major Chinese port was secured, which he knew would not happen, but Patton, he believed that he was going over to the Pacific. In mid-May of 45, Patton once again would find himself in a self-induced controversy. 
He was giving a speech to 20,000 people in which he said, a man who dies in battle is frequently a fool. There were many gold star mothers that were in attendance and obviously they were furious. Don't know what a gold star mother is. That is a mother who's lost a son in combat. He would continue his speaking tour and give a speech to a crowd of over 100,000 people in the Memorial Coliseum in LA. He is quite the crowd drawer. In June, it was determined that Patton would not receive an assignment in the Pacific, but rather be sent back to take on occupation assignments in Europe. He was appointed military governor of Bavaria. There, he was in charge of denazification efforts. All right. Uh, so after World War II, big part that the Allies are going to do is denazification of Germany. That's pretty much putting on trial those responsible for it and just trying to get rid of the ideology. Upon hearing of the defeat of Japanese in the end of World War II, Patton would write, yet another war has come to an end, and with it, my usefulness to the world. He just thinks very highly about it. He's probably just thinking about his next reincarnation. His next reincarnation. His general Norman Schwarzkopf. Uh, Patton would become depressed with the belief that he would never fight again because of his behavior. Uh, because of this, the behavior became a lot more erratic. Um, a lot of historians now believe that he was probably suffering from CTE, which we just kind of recently found out about in the last 10 years. He had suffered, suffered numerous head injuries from car accidents and falling off horses. Hmm. Car accidents. Yes, car accidents. He's had a rough history with those, I guess. It's going to have a real rough history with one of those. Yeah. Uh, in Bavaria, Patton's words would lead to yet another controversy. When asked why several former members of the Nazi party still held political positions, he compared them to Democrats and Republicans. He argued that most of the people with experience in infrastructure management had been compelled to join the party in the war. These statements obviously are going to infuriate Eisenhower who finally had had enough of Patton, and he is going to be relieved of his command on October 7th. Upon leaving, he would say, all good things must come to an end. The best thing that has ever happened to me thus far is the honor and privilege of having command of the Third Army. Patton would be put in charge of then writing a history of the war in Europe. He quickly, though, became extremely disinterested in this and just began touring it. Uh, he was planning on returning back to the United States in December, on December 10th to discuss the future or his future with his wife. But on December 9th, uh, he is going to go pheasant hunting and because uh, he was hoping it would lift the spirits. After looking at the destruction on the road, he would say, how awful war is. Think of the waste. A couple moments later, a car collides with the army truck and Patton's head is going to go through the glass partition in the back seat. So you know how limos that like that glass mm -hmm. partition between the front and the back. He wasn't wearing a seatbelt and his head goes through the window. Uh, he would begin bleeding from the head and would complain he was paralyzed and had trouble breathing. Uh, he was taken to the hospital where it was found that he had a broken neck and spinal cord injury uh, that left him a quadriplegic. Uh, for next 12 days, he'd be in spinal traction. Only his wife was allowed to visit him. Uh, he would die of heart failure on December 21st at the age of 60. He'd be buried on Christmas Eve at the Luxembourg American Cemetery alongside other members of the Third Army. This upon his request. Supposedly there's some conspiracy theories about his death. Yeah. Um, Bill O'Reilly. Do you know who that is? Yes. Was the book Killing Patton? Right. He wrote like Killing Lincoln, Killing JFK. Mm -hmm. uh, he believes that Stalin killed Patton. 
That's Stalin did. Yes. I've never heard that one. It's, it's what he said. Okay. He says Stalin. Because he was going to warn the U.S. of the Soviets. I've heard it was, I've heard a conspiracy theory that it was actually members within the U.S. government because they were fearful of him starting World War III. Him by himself? Yeah, like him just going off the wall and just like trying to pull like a MacArthur and like, hey, we're, we got nukes, let's use them. Yeah, maybe. One of those things. What was his stance on the whole nuke thing? Do you know? I am actually not sure. I haven't, I didn't run across anything in regards to him talking about nuclear weapons because I feel like he'd be against it. I feel like he'd think it's a cowardly thing. It takes the sportsmanship out of war. That'd yeah. probably be like one of his quotes. Yeah. That would definitely be one of his quotes. So there you have it. The story of George Patton, America's greatest military general, but a very, very flawed man personally. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for tuning in to History Class After Hours, the show where we talk about the things your history teachers didn't have time to teach you. If you wanted to stay updated on upcoming events for the History Club, please visit www.starsmillhistoryc.wixsite.com forward slash 2020. If you liked this episode, please share it with your friends and subscribe to our channel on iTunes Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Be on the lookout for new episodes, and we'll be posting every week. Until next time, stay curious.